I, I, I can't be complacent. Like even now, knowing that, hey, I know I've made over thirty million, but then I know somebody that didn't made over hundred. Hold on, hold, hold on, slow, slow down, slow down. You made over thirty million. Mm-hmm. In your business, really? Mm-hmm. Kaleidoscope hair products, and that's that has nothing to do with Bacardi. just in products. Just in products. When did you start the product? Start selling the products. Twenty fourteen. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shands. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find really, really dope people did really, really dope stuff. And uh, I really like this platform because we get an opportunity to find out how they did it. And that's what our community needs. Okay, people that are willing to share the game. So um, for those that don't know, if you can kind of uh, just just give your name and what your business is. Sure. Now, which one am I looking at? All of them? Uh, me. Okay. We just going to have a conversation. Perfect. That, that works even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't no cameras um, here. Fine. Uh, Jessica Dupart. A lot of people know me as Judy. I was a full-time hairstylist. From there, I decided to incorporate retail by somebody twisting my arm for a very long time. Because I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, that's... Really? $6 here, $10 there. I don't want to do that. And then I tapped into it. Um, learned how to leverage social media. Mm-hmm. and social media marketing and then had to retire from behind a chair a couple of years after that because of how fast things were going. Uh, mm-hmm. We now are fortunate to have retail in Walmart, Sally's Target, thousands Yikes. of beauty stores, and have our e-com. Where are you from? New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So before you were into hair, who was Jessica? I was into hair. Your whole life? Yeah. I started doing, like, um, they have pictures of me on my dad's back as a child, just putting borrets in his hair. Really? So I did hair. I absolutely loved hair. Like, people was, was sneaking out, going to clubs. I was sneaking people in the house to do their hair. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, I had this crazy story. Um, both of my parents, I had children early, and I, both of my parents had to get a second job. And it just so happened that when they were at the second job... I snuck people in to do their hair. And this one time, this girl's mom did not come to get her. So my parents were coming home. And so I hid her in the shower. But then my mama went in the bathroom to use the bathroom while she was in the shower. She Now, she didn't get caught or anything. But it's just something that I will never forget because I was so nervous and so scared to hide somebody in there as my mom was in there pissing, you know? Crazy. When you started doing hair, was it because it's something that you just fell in love with or was it like career-wise, what was no, you No, I just liked it. I liked it as a child. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to put borets in my daddy's hair. He used to have a whole bunch of little pickaninnies. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so I pursued it. I did it. Um, I, I did it And what age was school. it a business? What age was it a business? I started charging, I think, when I was, like, 15. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I started charging like, I don't know, $5, $7. Mm-hmm. Then immediately went up to 20 Immediately. Mm-hmm. Went up to 20 Because that's a big hike, you know. Why did you go from 5 7 to 20 Um, In your 15-year-old mind, like, why the price hike? I don't even hike? remember. I know that I was going to um, a very, very good school in the world. It's Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. And you had to go through a series of tests, a whole bunch of series of tests to get in there. And I was doing people's hair, but they weren't, it was it was not really an urban school. Mm-hmm. But then I transferred from that school to John McDonald. They actually were on the World News years ago behind the AK-47 and the shooting. It was oh. very urban. So, and no shade to neither one of them. Um, so when I went there, it was more of a demand. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, my mind didn't process demand back then, but right. it was more people trying to get their head done. So I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing that used to be like five and seven dollars, you know, $20 a pop, 25 you know, if you wanted some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you graduated high school, obviously you're doing hair all throughout high school. Were you into anything else? I was on a debate team at one point. Was, I had a debate debate class. I wasn't on a debate team. I had a debate class. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I just like doing hair. Damn. But then I had children. Like I was, I had a child at 15, a child at 17, another child at 19. So I was a mom. Oh, wow. Still managing this business. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would call it a business back then. It mm-hmm. still was a business, but my parents were taking care of me. That's why I said gotcha. they had got a second job to try to provide for us. Because yeah. it was a lot. So after you know, oh dang, that's that's wild because I know if you're this young and you're having kids, you're hearing a bunch of stuff about what your future is going to look like, mm-hmm. right? What was that like? Are we we can curse on you? No. Oh well, I didn't. Try your best. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't give a f. I didn't. You know, like I, I can't say I was. I can't say it. I was um, harmless, but I, I think I, I possess this fearless thing in me. And when I say that, it's more so I'm a person that doesn't mind taking chances. I don't mind mm. taking risks. So when it comes to people in adversity, if anything, I'll use it to fuel. Mm. So I didn't even see it as I felt like I wanted to do hair. Yeah. I didn't feel like a baby stopped me. Yeah. I didn't feel like I, didn't, I honestly never felt like that. So when people tell me stuff like you beat all the odds. I don't, I don't feel like that. You didn't even see odds. I don't, right. I don't feel like that. I felt like if I wanted to do hair, I was going to do hair regardless. Mm. Mm -hmm. What what was your, like, your vision for yourself? Was it to own a salon? Was it just be a dope hairstylist? Be on the road with celebrities or what? Um, I I never wanted to be a celebrity hairstylist. I, I had a connection with my clients, so... I just wanted to, I'm big on numbers. So I was, I still have, and it's probably OCD, but I still have my paper from when I used to keep up with my numbers from pre-Katrina. That's what, what in New Orleans we say that, like pre and post-Katrina. Right. So way before Katrina. So I have numbers from like 2009, 2010. And they had me writing down numbers per day. And I would compare this day of this year to that day of next year and mm. see how I can do percentage on increase and how much I need to increase it so my revenue could increase. So for me, my plan was to do price raises and, you know, offer extra services to increase my income. But it never was me being a celebrity stylist. It never was. I never I never said nothing about being a millionaire. I put that on everything. I never said really? nothing like this for my life. It never was anything outside of being better than what I used to be. 
Mm. So I, I did want to have a salon. That's a bar. That's a bar. <laughs> no, that's the truth though, because a lot of shit. I'm sorry, a lot of sorry, yeah, a lot okay. of stuff, a lot of stuff. You know, we say it's cliche, but it's true. Like that's all. I feel like I was so focused on better numbers. Like that's that's kind of the thing that I had a um I had a conversation with my sales guy. Uh, before I came here, actually, and I was like, "Well, I'm looking at the numbers and what we did these first, the first month, and we, you know, we have a quarter to meet because I know what we did last year. I know what we want to do this year. So make sure that you're on top of your numbers. Mm-hmm. So it's just about reflecting on what you did and how you can do more. For me, wow. wow. So I wanted to have a salon, and I did um, have one. Was it after? Did you go to college? No. No. Nope. I didn't even attend my graduation. Mm. I was. I know it's crazy, huh? I wound up pregnant, had a miscarriage. My parents didn't know, and I had to hide it. So it just was a whole bunch of stuff going on in life at that point in time. Your parents didn't know. Mm-mm. Wow. How far along were you when you had the miscarriage? I think like it. it well, I wasn't even three months, and so it just was. It was a lot going on that I was processing. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I had a baby at fifteen, a baby at seventeen, a miscarriage, and then I had got pregnant after that. Mm. Just doing it, go like going with the vision the whole time. Yeah, so, I mean, I still I had a passion for hair. It yeah. wasn't like let me pursue this to make money. I had mm. a passion for hair, and then I, I I was rebellious. Were you at a salon at this point? Like no, after high I did school? Have, no, I did have my at house. The crib. So at mm. what point did you get? I even posted pictures like that. Like I was the front of my house. I remodeled. My dad, um, my grandmother owned this property, and she had dementia, so we had, they had to move her in a home. Mm. So I moved into the house. It was a double. I moved into one side that she had, and I just remodeled the front into a salon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did hair at my house. Yo, no college education. You, did you have any examples of people that were, like, doing this? or? Kind of. My dad was an entrepreneur. He had a liquor store, but that was when I was young. Mm-hmm. That was when I was young. By the time I was older, I watched him be... Um, All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from that suite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. A CPA for years, and then I watched him uh, be a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. 
So. Gotcha, gotcha. So you remodeled it to have your own salon. Did you expand from there? Did you go to another? It's crazy place? because the only reason I left there is because an 18 wheeler came down the street and knocked out the power lines, and I had a booked weekend. So I had to find somewhere to be to work. And once I found somewhere to be to work, and I experienced not having all these women in my house, in your house. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. So I wound up in a salon. Because I was forced to be. Mm. But otherwise, it was, I was about to put a sign on the outside of the house. <laughs> I was trying to get, um, trying to get past, you know, the little thing that you can't do it for um, zoning purposes. Mm. I was looking into all of that. Was that somebody else's salon or you just found a building? No, I didn't get a building at all. It was somebody else's. Gotcha. I found something close in the area. Mm. And what was the step after that? <sighs> after that. I haven't thought this far. This makes me feel And the bad. only reason, it, as, as you're thinking of it, because I, I'm, I'm me personally, uh, I don't even know about the audience, but I'm so interested in the journey of how you get somewhere because somebody's right now doing hair in their house and they just, they don't even see a vision of, yo, eventually I can go from this step to that step to having my own product line to being this success. They just don't see it because they think, Yo, you were just really good, and you got an opportunity, you got the right client, and then boom. Hell no. And, none <laughs> right. of, and then none of this was planned. And then even right. if it is planned, stuff usually don't go as planned. For sure. So after after I went I went into this this braiding salon, I didn't know nothing about this booth rent. I didn't know nothing about booth rent and how much it was. And this lady was charging me almost by the hour because I had so many people. And I didn't really know. Really? Well, it was a certain amount a flat rate and then by the hour after hours and then I was a stylist that took I would, I would go in at 5 in the morning sometimes leave at 2 in the morning mm. so if she started charging me at 8, 8, 8 p.m. I'm still there till 2 in the morning you charging me by the hour this makes no sense so I left her place and I found another place to be so I'm not going to say I bounced around but that when I found a salon that I was comfortable with I stayed there for a few years right 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 I stayed there for a few years and when did it turn from okay doing hair to like were you like what were you doing on your social media at this time? This was before social media. Well, this before was before media. I did because I didn't. I was never on MySpace. Mm-hmm. So this was. I don't even think was. I don't even think I was on Facebook back then. So um, after being in this, because let me let me because there's a lot of years in between these. <laughs> don't judge me. Take your time. I'm so, loving it. After being in one salon. Katrina happened mm-hmm. and Katrina happened and what a lot of people didn't realize is that a lot of people left but a lot of people had to stay because they had mandatory work there or they couldn't leave so I still there still was a high demand for my services I had moved to Houston temporarily but what I did in Houston from Monday to Friday was one-fourth of what I did in New Orleans from Friday because I would drive from Friday mm. to Sunday so the demand was so high I would go back and forth. So after Katrina, I went back to that salon that I was in and just planned on having my own eventually. But when Katrina happened, I was actually saving up to have a salon. But, mm. you know, then there's living. Because mm. you, you lose everything, you got to replace everything. Yeah. So it wiped out my savings. I didn't get no SBA loan. I didn't get nothing <laughs> from FEMA. Wow. So Is that how you landed in Atlanta? No. No, Atlanta. I landed in Atlanta for, <laughs> for other reasons. But see, that's see, it's still far back. Um, mm-hmm. After coming back after Katrina, moving back full-time, which was less than a year after it happened, because I need to stay out in Texas for a year. Mm-hmm. And it, nothing's wrong with Texas. It's just there was a higher demand for me in New Orleans, because sure. I did the big old ghetto, 
like the the things that aren't necessarily professional. Mm-hmm. I did the colors, high hair, hard hair. <laughs> you had more of a demand for that. Oh, like baps. Yes. Like that vibe. That was my specialty. <laughs> no, you're laughing, but I'm serious. It. That was I my specialty. It. And you had a lot of um, people that were in Texas that didn't really, they weren't really into that. So mm-hmm. uh, my era was pink curls, deep waves, like all the stuff that people, people in the head, like people that sit to hell would understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But after I came back to New Orleans, planned on getting my own shop again after you know, having to wipe out my savings, opened up a salon with the person that I was dating at the time. We opened a barber and beauty. Um, we did real well with that. We opened a second location and then a recession happened. I forget what year that was. But 08, then 08, 09, it might have been something like yeah. that. Cause we opened in two thousand and seven mm-hmm. and then when the, and then when the, uh we opened the second one, like I ain't gonna say almost immediately, but yeah. Not too far after when the recession happened, we consolidated back down. And while I was there, it was fine, but I had so many great ideas. And it wasn't me choosing the great ideas by myself because it didn't, hey, I have this great idea, let's do it. It's like, oh, that costs a lot of money. I'm like, I don't know. I have, I really want to do this. I want to do this. I want to market this way. I want to spend money this way, spend it that way. Uh, I ain't really feeling it. So eventually, I, I, I got to get my own because yeah. I feel in a box. Mm, partnerships so, will put you in a box, won't it? You got to ask. It's almost like asking permission because you got to get on one accord. And yeah, and then you might not have the same views. Yeah, you know. So, like, I spend my last. I go down to zero <laughs> any day of the week because I know what I know what I'm doing it for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got my own place in 2013. Mm. But I opened the first place in 2007. Right. And then in 2013, I got my own after having a partnership and walking away from the partnership. You being in high demand, was it was it your ability to perform or was it your personality? It's crazy that, you know what? I've never, like a lot of people consider me a marketer. I never even realized that's what that, that had to be what it was back then. Because mm-hmm. back then I used to tell people, you know, you tell your friend about me, you know, you get a discount when you right. come back. And I, I will make sure it's word of mouth. I would go to the corner store. Hey, you know, make sure to tell such and such. Mm-hmm. Or I never really put those two together until just now in this moment. <laughs> I didn't. Because even when Katrina happened, when it went to being in Houston, mm-hmm. how do you get yourself out there? Right. I wasn't on social media at the time. Right, I wasn't right. on social media like You can't at show all. them the gram. Like, this is what I do. Right. No. So I, I made a trip when we weren't supposed to be going in the city at all. I made a trip back there just to get my photo album to make a flyer. And I went to Kinko's really? and put all the pictures together. So I'm going to go back to New Orleans. Yep. Just to get you. Just to get my pictures. <sighs> and I put my pictures together on a flyer that I made at Kinko's. And then I went in Sharpstown Mall, I will never forget that, and handed out the flyers. It was color copy. Color copy was high as hell. <laughs> and I handed out the flyers to let people know, hey, somebody from New Orleans is here doing what people from New right. Orleans like. And from there, it just, I never really put the two together, mm-hmm. though. I don't think it was personality, but I do, um, I'm very personal. I was personable with, yeah. my, with my customers. Yeah. Like, we had a relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. So th- I think every, uh, it's like a gift and a curse being really good at having the clientele because you can never stop working. Right. Now, see, when did that start to weigh in? Um, <clears throat> when I opened Kaleidoscope Hair Studio, mm. to 2013. So it was, a stu- it was a hair studio first. That was just your salon, Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope Hair Studio. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Kaleidoscope Hair Studio opened in 2013 and it was 10 stations. 
And I wanted to be able to give somebody else my overflow and to be able to teach them the business kind of mentorship without saying it because I didn't even think of it as mentorship back then. I felt like all of these damn people be in here and... You know, I can't do everybody. And yeah. then I was appointment only. I was appointment only since I started because I was in my house. So mm. I never was, I never did really take walk-ins. So being appointment only, I know where my books are full. Once your books are full, people now, you have to tell them no. Yeah. So I would try to give people as many people as I could or at least be able to tell a person, hey, this is how I do it. Come stand over me, watch how I do it, and just do hers like that because <laughs> this is what she like. Right. And so I had a, I had a salon for years. Mm-hmm. I had a salon for years. I didn't retire till 2017. So 2013 to 2017. Mm-hmm. When will you open Kaleidoscope Studios? Correct. So 2000. Is like break that down. Kaleidoscope. Um, I'll say this. I was scared to use it because it's so complicated to spell. <laughs> no, I'm serious because it's so. I, I try to spell it like three times. Uh, uh, yourself. Yes. You <laughs> to try to get the hang of it. Right. But Colitis, I, I, I love colors. That, mm-hmm. And that's that's our website. I love colors.com. I am, like, even when I did hair, I just, I love colors. I absolutely love colors. And so when it came down to naming the salon, I was trying to think of something that would embody me. And then the logo itself, because this is for my 501c3. The logo is a woman... And I have, it's a, it's K and it's kaleidoscope, but the logo mm. is a woman. She has no mouth. She has no nose. She has no ethnicity. So I wanted her to be colorful to embody women, but I didn't want her to have an ethnicity because I didn't want it to be limited to, you know, black, mm. white, Asian, mm. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. it came from my love of colors. Your love of colors. Okay. I, I don't know why it was like, I thought the story was going to be like this deep story, how you was a kid, you was playing with a kaleidoscope nope. and you had this vision. No. <laughs> Not at all. It's a cool day that a body just, becomes. I love colors because you know a kaleidoscope is you put yeah, your eyes sure. to it, you turn it, it changes shapes and colors. So kaleidoscope makes me think about colors. Mm. So when, like, when you started your product brand, did you ever get tired of hair? Like, yo, my fingers hurt. I'm done. No, it never was my fingers hurt. It was my feet. My feet would go numb, but that was because I would do twenty hour days, go to sleep, and then go back and do another twenty hour day. Your grind is different. It, well, you know what it is. Knowing, well, with that, the industry, the the service industry, you have to work long to make a lot of money, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like, okay, so if I make 600 in four hours and I want to make 2,400, then I have to work that many more hours. So for me, it's it's like you only limited to what your body is able to do. Mm. So it was always work Sundays. I used to work Christmas, but it'd be extra Easter, but it'd be extra. (laughs) But it'd be extra. Right. That might be the name of the podcast, but it'd be extra. You know what I'm saying? I like so that. it's the servicing industry, and I didn't mind it. I loved it, and I just would, you know, I had I had a goal in me. Like when it came down to it's time to open a shop, I will never forget because I had girls that would go to the club. I was booking people. They had one o'clock in the morning appointments, two o'clock in the morning <laughs> appointments. Come and get a touch up, and people would come. Right? Why'd you work so hard? It could have taken a toll on your personal life, right? Friends, family, time with kids. Yeah, I I I admit that. Um, I mean, it's worth it now in hindsight, but. Having children young, um, I can honestly say my kids, uh, they kind of were there for the whole process. Like, they would either be at the shop or I would try to incorporate stuff, you know, for them to do. Um, But now, like you say, in hindsight, I retired my mom a few years ago. I just bought her a second house. 
So you got to look at it, the other side of it. Like, I, I know I'm busting my ass in the front. Like, the yeah. front load is heavy, but the back is going to be worth it. Did you know it was going to be like this? I didn't, but I knew that I, I, I can't be complacent. Like, even now, knowing that, hey, I know I've made over $30 million, but then... I know somebody that didn't made over hundred. Hold on, hold, hold on, <laughs> slow down, slow down. You made over thirty million mm-hmm. in your business, really? Mm-hmm. Kaleidoscope hair products, and that's that has nothing to do with just products. in the products. Just in products. When did you start the products? Start selling the products. Twenty fourteen. Thirty million in six seven years. And but you know what? That sound that sound good, but. I know people that good, I know people that make thirty million in a year. So it's just it's it for me. It's always knowing that something bigger can happen. I want for the bigger. I, I, I because once you get complacent in oh you know what I made thirty million I'm gonna be good. Then you 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 sit there, you sit right there, and I never want to sit there. I low key think I would sit there. I would just I be would, done. <laughs> the no, I'm just, sitting in Miami Beach. I'm sitting there. I, I can say this, though, in all honesty, after being on Clubhouse and learning, like talking to, I was on stage, it was 72 of us on stage at one time, at one point, and we was, it was like two or three billionaires, a whole bunch of multimillionaires, and hearing everybody's different opinion, and one of the things that they mentioned was pretty much, even though I sell uh, products and that's retail, it's still kind of labor. They were talking about the things that have absolutely no labor and really are making money. They are taking their money, investing in these companies that's about to thrive, and just collecting. That's a different kind of rich. That's a different, different kind of brag. So when you talk about making thirty million, yeah, thirty million sound good, but I worked for Depending it. Depending on what room you in, right? Yeah. So when you talk about, hey, you know what? If I make, if I'd have made thirty million, if I can get up to two hundred million, and and I decide to get acquired for two hundred and fifty or three hundred million. Then I could take that and either never do nothing ever again in my life <laughs> or I can do because I'm, I'm a giver or I can do and find different places to give and get a small percentage off of that will feed me for the rest of my life. Mm, all right. So, so 2014, we start Kaleidoscope Products. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that process. 2013. This is so good. Oh, so I know. I feel like I'm already. talking a lot. 2013, there was a fire. December 15, 2013, there was a fire. And I had a total loss in my salon that I invested all my money. And I'm talking, they had chandeliers. When I tell you, I did that thing out. Because mm. once I got free of the partnership, I had colors all over the wall, chandeliers in the front, chandelier in the back, chandelier <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I just did everything. It was just so extra. <laughs> and then I had TVs everywhere. It looked like Hooters in it, right? <laughs> so the fire happened and I got the call and it's the um, the alarm people saying, hey, you know what? Um, it sounds like there's a motion sensor. I'm like, motion sensor? Nobody's in there. Mm-hmm. So I go there and I had the I had the sign or whatever the, the little sign that kind of goes over and over and it was blacked out and I was like, what is going on? So I went to open the door and I don't know if you've ever experienced the fire where you open the door to kind of blow you. Smoke, yeah. Right. And what happened was the motion was the TVs melting off the wall. But one wow. of the hairstylists that was in the shop left the tool on or malfunction and mm. it caught fire from her station. So we were temporarily out of business, but while I was out of business, I had um, a lady, Janice Meredith, I will never forget this, who reached out to me. She was in the hair industry and was like, hey, I just want to throw a, a, you know, a fundraiser for you because I understand what happened. Wow. And in the fundraiser, it was like a few thousand dollars that they got and I, I tried to distribute it between the stylist and the equipment that they needed and 
um, it just made me feel like, because at that point I was on social media, New Orleans is watching, and I have to make this into something. It cannot just be left here. And I, it, you know, people don't understand that you can get over something that looks like a defeat. Yeah. So for me, it made me feel like, okay, bitch, excuse my language. Okay, you got to come back and you got to go real hard. So um, from there, that happened in December. April, we went back. June. No, July. So you're I just use, using your savings from December to April or your no, clients are coming I, to the crib now? No, I, I went back to, because remember, I was in a relationship with somebody that had, uh, that we had a business together. Gotcha. We moved into that, that business. Right, right, right. So right. I moved us, me and the people that I had in the shop moved back into the old shop. Oh. So I didn't, now I'm not going to not work. You ain't going to not work. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm talking, like you. it happened on a Sunday. <laughs> I was back at work Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because, like, you really did the groundwork. This is before, like, marketing and throwing ads and all that kind of stuff. You grind. Right. Yeah. So made it um, there. We moved back. And it was a slow crawl when we moved back because we wasn't, I wasn't handed anything. And even down to how dirty it was and having insurance and the landlord of the building claiming certain things that were actually mine. And it just was so messy. Um, and I actually never publicly talked about that because I try not to talk bad about nobody. But it just made me feel like, OK, well, this was meant for me to get myself instead of trying to find I ain't going to say the easy way out, but trying to find this, that, that. This was meant for me to do it myself. Yeah. So the second time around, it just took a little bit longer to fill it up with the stations. Yeah. And it took a little bit longer to get the chandeliers and stuff. But we we got in there in April. I had a grand opening in July. Did you buy the building this time? No it's, it? a, no, it's the same place. Same building. Fix it up. Okay, place. got you, got you. The, the landlord fixed it up. Using um, the money that he claimed from yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And listen, he patched up a wall that he was supposed to replace. He patched up. A, but mm. anyway, that's neither here nor there. So um, got back in April. We did the grand opening. I did the grand opening in July. And I hired, there was talent that I hired. Um, and then once I saw what that was like, hiring different people from social media that was popping. Mm. And I saw the leverage that that was for the grand opening. I was like... Well, I need to do this for the salon. Right. So I started, I, I, I didn't invest in ads. Like, I learned about that years later. Mm. I started doing, like, um, linking with people that were, um, like, famous on Instagram or with celebrities and just doing promotion. And What it was, was your following like at this point? It started at, at that, it was like 3,000. 3,000. Yeah, 3,000. And then when I did the partnership, I mean, when I did the thing where I hired the people for my grand opening, it went from three to six. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. I was like, this is okay. Let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. So. So so you did the, did, did you start doing more events with these influencers? Things like that? And not events. I started having, I am, I don't know how much you know, but I'm kind of, I'm not going to say skit, but I'm big on making people see or making it funny. Like, I, my whole life is, like, I try to make light of difficult situations. I did see the clubhouse joint. That joint was hilarious. Right. So, um, I might have hired, since since the, since the salon was in New Orleans, mm -hmm. I just hired a lot of people that were popping in New Orleans or in Louisiana to mm -hmm. do skits. 
So mm. if they would come there and they would like do skits or they would do songs about it or they would do just stuff that, that made, you know, people familiar with it. And upon the grand opening, I launched my hair products, but I never, ever, ever expected the hair products to take over. So when you, what was the first product you launched? Um, Edge Control. Edge Control. So what was the process of like getting Edge Control? Did you get your own formula? Did you white label something or what? In the beginning, it was kind of a white label working on formula. Um, mm. It was like testing it out, trying to figure it out while on the back end, doing the the proper way, you know. Gosh, um, so you took another product at first and something that was good. Well, that but see, you can't you can't say that like people. You have to really break that down and explain. So white label for people that don't know is taking a formula that's considered a stock formula, but mm. you changing like you can change the color, you can change the fragrance, you can change the efficacy and everything. Cause even mm. down to, Hey, I want this edge control, but I want mine to be stronger. I want mine to be this color and I want mine to smell like berries. Gotcha. So they'll send you something stock mm. and then you make it your own. So even though it's something that's stock, it's still your own. Got the it. other side of it is when you create a formula from scratch, that takes tens of thousands of dollars but you're telling them all the ingredients that you want as opposed to starting off with a stock and just right, tweaking right, right. it a little. So just to explain, because people are not going to nah, know. No, for sure. For, yeah, I, I didn't know. Wow. So, but you always knew you were going to do your own formula instead of taking the stock and I didn't. I, yes and no. Mm. Yes and no. I knew that I wanted to own stuff. Yeah. So whatever that looked like, if that meant my own formula, I wanted to own stuff. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even, hey, let me have my own formula. No, I wanted to have ownership in something, so it was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Did you do well with the stock remixed and made your own? Mm-hmm. You did well with that? Well, that and I went into the same skits that I was doing. We did my very first marketing campaign ever was called the Edge Police. So if you actually, if you go to the hashtag on Instagram right now, we that? still have, yeah, we still have old videos of that. And we recorded that from phone, from iPhones and from Android. It's just, it's, it's awful quality at this point. I mean, it's, <laughs> you can still see it, right? but it was a re a remake of cops. We put on party city outfits and, um, we ran up in people's house in real time, in real life, like knock on, knocked on their doors. Because we just said, hey, we're doing the edge police. Let us know where you at. Right. So we would go knock on people's door in real life and do a reenactment of, oh, we did like, hey, it was like impromptu comedy, but I got to display how the product worked. Mm. So it was funny and made people follow it, but dead ass in the middle, right. you had to see that it worked. That's dope. And you know what's crazy? To this day, I feel like that's one of my most successful marketing campaigns really? ever. Yes, because nobody really knew nothing about, nobody cared. Everybody yeah, was, wasn't really doing skits like that. Everybody sell edge control. I was selling something that everybody was selling at the time, but it, you wanted mine because you saw how it worked. Mm-hmm. You wanted mine because you felt like mine was special. You wanted mine because mine was Kaleidoscope. Them girls, mm. the edge police girls. Right. You wanted mine because you had a better chance of getting in the video too, because it was like we mm. we buy your stuff, we want to get in the video. You know, it's it's it. I never even saw it like that either. I'm telling you, the whole th- this whole my whole life is just like wow, that that really happened. <laughs> but it'd be like two years later, it'd be like wow, that really happened. Amazing. All right, so when when did it start picking up to where you're like, yo, I can't even be in the salon no more? Um, my first year of business, I did eighty thousand, mm-hmm. and then my second year, I did eight hundred. And so it was like, even after I, <laughs> 10, even 10 after X. I did, for real. Ads? No, no ads. 
That's why I say the ads are up. But that's because my marketing is different. I don't do, I do what's called disruptive marketing. I do something that people, like we remade WAP. And heck, (laughs) it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Cardi B, like, posted it on her story and everything because it was the full set, full outfit. I'm talking lyrics, everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an extremist, but I believe in getting a point across and that I'm a creative. So when it comes to marketing, it's not just, oh, I sell these great hair products. I'm going to show you how I sell it, and I'm going to either make you remember something like we... um. We did six videos recently, and five of them are remakes, and one is an original. Like, I'll take something that a lot of people know and do a remake, but related to the product. Mm-hmm. Like, I remade Scarface, and it was about people stealing my formula. But people watched the whole thing because they understand Scarface, and, and yeah. I produce great content, but they got the point of the message. Mm. Like, are you always thinking in terms of marketing campaigns and skits? And- <laughs> It's crazy. I love commercials. I mm-hmm. watch TV. Like I can't watch. I can't wait till the Super Bowl come on, and I don't give a Just shit for the about. Commercials. Yes, <laughs> I don't care nothing about football. I absolutely love commercials and love to see what people do with commercials. Mm-hmm. I love when Doritos did that thing where they started adding hip hop to it. Like they mm-hmm. started. I really like. I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> like I really, I, I really like to dissect how they connect one thing with something else and how it goes into marketing. Mm. So I, I don't know. It's just I really love that. And what year was the the first year? Was twenty fourteen where you did the eighty thousand? Mm-hmm. So what did you do between fourteen and fifteen to ten x the business? Was it just consistency, or did you change something? I didn't change anything. I think um, the first year it was just starting. And then the second year, you have to talk about the, the customers that I had from before and then the new customers. So you have the customers purchasing, telling their friends about it, and then the new customers. So I did the Edge Police. Edge Police, because I didn't launch until July of 20, um, 2014. Mm-hmm. So it was between July and December. Do you remember your third year sales? I think it was two. Two point something. Yeah, it went from... 
Yeah, it was, two, it was two something, like two, three. Let me ask you, do you feel like, and just for the entrepreneurs out there, do you feel like um, that you're continuing to refine the process or if you have something good and you do it consistently enough, it will just grow? It depends. I do think that if you have a blueprint and it's working, keep at it. But then if, if, you're, if, if within your blueprint is social media, you have to keep at it but stay in front of it. So we, I birthed my company on social media, but social media changed. So then you still have the you still have the consistency of coming out with content, but now you have to come out with a different kind of content. We started off with 15 seconds. We got a minute. We back down to what they promote in 15 to 30 seconds. So you have to be consistent, but stay in front of it. Even down to Clubhouse. I think Clubhouse, I got 45,000 followers going on there just talking. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? But you have to get in front of that because that's what the supporters want. And I love to educate people. So it's like being smart enough to get in front of something and don't let nothing pass you by. Like that TikTok stuff, I was trying my hardest to get in front of it. But there's so many different transitional things. Yeah. I said, well, if I'm not going to do it, I need to at least hire out because that's just not, that doesn't need to be an area where we lack. Mm, so you still did the TikTok, you just didn't do it yourself. That was my biggest struggle. Like, these, I don't know how these it kids are so doing it. It is so transitional. I've never seen a more creative group of people. <sighs> Ever. Like, I'm like, it's, how you- it's so transitional. Like my con- the kind of content that I like is stuff that tells a story and it's not change hair, change face, change clothes. It's, you know, it's like a, it's like a growing and TikTok is boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I really try to, when I tell you, I said that cause I'm the type of person I pay attention and she'll, she'll think I'm just scrolling, 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 but I'm trying to learn and pick up on stuff. Mm. So I'm sitting here really trying to learn and I'm like, Oh yeah, I got a concept for this and the other, but I was like, Oh my God, that would take me a day to do and it's not that I don't want to do it but I don't have that time to actually sit there and commit to some of those things like even a June bug challenge you know what that is right now I had to get one of my influencers to do it because we are in in the different stores that we in I was like okay why don't we just get a June bug Mm. and you outside of sales you outside of Target you outside of Walmart you outside of why didn't you want to do it you seem like you enjoy that I wouldn't mind but you know that those kind of things happen and stay there for this amount of time mm, yeah. if you don't get it. So if I didn't have the time to get out and do that within that amount of time, because mm. right now I've been on it. 2020 was all about when the pandemic happened um, in March, I let go of a, of a couple of people that were kind of excess fat. I had uh, two CPAs and one of them I let go. So I started paying attention and some of the stuff I started paying attention to, I was like, Okay. They stealing? So, huh? Was they stealing? No, nobody was stealing, mm. but stuff that could have been streamlined. So mm. now understanding and learning the business, because the business that I'm in, in retail, a lot of stuff, I would just think, oh, I want to sell this. I want a gel. I want an edge control. I want a shampoo. I want this, that, and the other. Not understanding the business side of it that I've now learned where there's data that's provided that tells you what the market is going to need in the next amount of time. So Where? You just, where? Screen it. There's IRI data that gives you... Um, what has sold the most. Mm-hmm. And then there's also data beyond that where you find out something that's trending that's about to happen. So when you talk about mixing my creativity with the cheat code, mm-hmm. it's like, now why ain't nobody <laughs> tell me this? All of these years I've been in business. Right. I've been sitting here wrecking my brain trying to figure out the next thing to launch. Mm-hmm. And there's the answer right there. Wow. And where so, do you find where do you find this? Where do you find this data? It's expensive. Um, I hire, I have a sales agency that helps me that, um, you could, I think you could just register for it. I know I, I pay for it through them. Mm. Just being f- fully transparent. Like they have, um, the IRI data right now. And I want to, 
be very transparent to the public. It only tracks and codes, because I'm talking about multicultural hair care, and that's it. Mm. That's hair products. Right. It only tracks retailers. It does not track beauty stores. It does not track mom and pop. It only tracks Walmarts, Sally's. Well, no, not, not even Sally's, but it tracks mm. retailers, right, hard right. retailers. So they'll tell you the subsection, the section, hey, shampoo sold this much, conditioner sold this much, but styler stole that much. Then they break down how stylers are. It was gels, custards, creams, or whatever. So, God damn it, I ain't got a gel. I ain't got a custard. <laughs> I ain't got a cream. Kaleidoscope about to have all of that. Let's just figure out mm. how to do it, what time of the year to launch it, what's going to be the marketing campaign, who are you trying to feed, Are you? is it going to be a moisture thing, or it's just, that's why I said, um, I just, I'm, I'm so laser-focused. You nerd out on this stuff, like being in your room, just nerding out on, like, the data and the numbers and the... Analytics. I never even considered it there. Mm. I never considered it there. But that might be what it is. I never considered it there. What do you consider? <laughs> I don't know. I just I, being I a never, business owner. Maybe so. Yeah, and I, I, I'd be like, it's got to be OCD because it's three different notebooks. I write in one notebook and write in another <laughs> notebook. I can't tell you this though. COVID messed everybody up. Like last year, we did better than we did the year before that, but we were out of stock for three months. And not not consistently, yeah, but we, because we couldn't get it. Because yeah. even though I'm a small business, even in the same numbers that I gave you, I'm still considered a small business. So when you have somebody buying five million of these bottles, and we only buying four hundred thousand of them, mm. we still consider the little guys. So it's just us sitting there waiting for for our stuff to come in. Wow. So stuff that used to take sixty days is now taking six to eight months. Did your audience understand? Um, because we yeah. we have a way of being, you know what I mean. Like that's the thing. I wasn't. It's not sold out all the way around the board. Yeah. It's just having your full catalog. If you ha- if I have my full catalog available all year long, I'll make a different set of money than I would if I only have forty percent of my catalog gotcha. available. They're still gonna buy. Gotcha. But they only gonna buy what's available. Mm-hmm. But when you have everything available, right? They buy all of it. Did you have any ebbs and flows in this business uh, product from 2014 to now? Like, did you have a year that you didn't do better the next year than the previous year? Continue to grow. Yeah. I mean, between 2019 and 2020, it was it was like 10 percent or less. But that's we were we were out of stock. So, and when I tell you I beat myself up about that, I'm trying to get over that, but I can't. I swear to you, I'm trying to get over that, but I can't because even now we're still feeling the repercussions of it because COVID is still here and we're still having the same issues. So I have right now on my website, I probably got 30% of the stuff missing because it's out of stock. Wow. And I'm a person that preached to everybody about staying in stock, never running out, staying in stock, never running out, but nobody could have predicted that COVID was going to happen and mm. it was just going to wipe out everything. Wow. Somebody that's wanting to get into this space of beauty, what type of advice would you get? Um, if you had to put it in like the three most important things to in remember. In beauty only? The beauty industry specifically. Uh, I would say something that wouldn't be beauty only though. I would, I would speak to somebody just following their passion. A lot of people want to pursue like money. I felt like because I followed my passion, all the blessing all the blessings was unleashed. Mm. Like I feel like that is the only reason that I'm so blessed. I don't think it was me learning this and learning that. I think it was God. I feel like God has got in my way this whole entire time. Cause to figure mm. out to find out um last year that the company structure that I had wasn't even a proper company structure and we were getting stuff together. Last year. Just last year. You hear me? 
last year. Wow. <laughs> so to find that out, I feel like God has had to be in this because mm. there's no way. No, because people are like, "How did you do all of this with this?" <laughs> I said, "Oh, I thought this was the way it was supposed to be done. I didn't even know. I didn't even right. realize. Ain't nobody told me that this ain't how it's supposed to go." <laughs> you know, I want to get your perspective too because I I just gave somebody the advice that they shouldn't follow their passion because passion is an emotion. Your emotions change, right? But I feel like your passion is is connected to your purpose. Like, I feel like I did hair. So that was something that I really was passionate about, and it didn't go anywhere. I feel like if your passion is is fluid, then that's something different. But if it's something that that has been on your heart, that has been guiding your life, that has been bothering your soul, here it is, Mm. you in college, but this thing is bothering your soul, I feel like you should push through that before you die. Mm. Cause you, it's gonna be something that you regret. I got three things that I want to. I, I want to know if. I feel like, like I've been rambling. No, oh my God. this this is a master class right now. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I feel like I want to go home and go to work. Honestly, three things: so network, your skill set, your ability, and your willingness to grind. If you had to pick one of those to say what would be most important, your skill set, being a, your, your network of people, or your your work ethic. Your work ethic. Most important. Yep. Your work ethic. You have people that won't even be that skilled, but they still get further than the other people because they're willing to do it. Like even now, I'm in the process of hiring, right? And the position, we have like four candidates and they all are qualified. Mm-hmm. But we are hiring the person that has had the, that showed the, the uh, personality trait of being what's called a worker bee, meaning Mm -hmm. that even if she doesn't have a full team underneath her, she's still going to get the job done Mm -hmm. no matter the circumstances, no matter the circumstances. So I feel like work work ethic can get you further than anything Mm because skill set you can learn. Yeah, yeah. And then your network can change (laughs) at any point in time. That's a fact. That's a fact. So work ethic. Do you have a personal development routine? Like, where do you, how, how are you growing as a person? Do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? Like, you know, that's crazy. Or do you just live life? I was on the podcast the other day, and they asked me my top three books, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I read three books. <laughs> and, I, and I was, at first, I was kind of embarrassed to say it, but I said, shit, I didn't roll the For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Book before, and right. I don't like to read, but I wrote a book to become, so I can have had the word author underneath my title at mm-hmm. some point. Um... For me, you know what I feel like I do? I have my moments of reflection. Mm. And when I have my moments of, a, of reflection, I have a, a small time of appreciation. Well, you know, a lot of people like to sit and celebrate, and people mm. complain all the time. Oh, my God, you know what you just did? Why are you not talking? I have a very small amount of time of appreciation for what I've done, but the moment of reflection causes me to keep going. Like, I, I don't... I've been discouraged before, like when, it's, when 2020 ended and I was like, are you serious? Like we did, we did better than we mm-hmm. did the last year, but I, I sat December out. 
Like December, I set it out. I'm talking, we had our website open for maybe four days. Why? 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 I didn't have anything to sell. But you had some stuff, though. Not much. I might have had, like, a couple of T-shirts. We just really didn't have a lot of stuff. Mm. So, but for me, I feel like um, when I find that I do get in that phone, because everybody has the phone. Mm. And if, if they tell you they don't, they fuck it. I'm sorry. They, they lie. <laughs> everybody has the phone. I do. I believe in music. Like, I have I have music really close and near, near and dear to my heart. Mm. So, I have a mix of trap. And gospel, that <laughs> I, that's crazy. But I'm serious. Like trap makes me feel like I can go defeat the world, right. but then gospel brings me back to God and lets me just, you know, like soak in, mm. soak in faith and all of that. And hey, God is gonna take you out of this, and it's gonna be better, and so forth and so on. And it always happens like that. Mm. Are you afraid of anything? Am I afraid of anything? Um, you seem like this indestructible person. I'm like just strong, loving life. You have any fears? I think the only fear that I have is for people not to understand my heart. I, I like I fear that. I mm. fear that in being a internet personality and people get to dictate or get to say stuff about you and sometimes you can't even speak back on it. I fear that people will look past what God blessed me with and that's a huge heart and look past any kind of intention on anything that I've done. And try to make it be something else. Because I feel like my I feel like God has given me all of these blessings for a purpose. And then if I can't serve that purpose, then that's what I fear. It's like my purpose is to help people. My purpose is to do this and do that. So if you can't see me for that, what am I here for? Yeah. So that's that's the only fear that I can honestly say I have. And wow. I, that's something I kind of struggle with too. Because it's like you be wanting to tell people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, do you realize I didn't have to do this? I didn't have right. to do that? Or well, you should have did it like this. Do you realize I didn't have to do it at all? <laughs> you know, the internet is, especially, I think it's related to Trump, too, but that's a whole other discussion another day. People are so ready to say the wrong thing and so mm. ready to be negative, you know, yeah. because now it's open season. You can say what you want, that people will say that first. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. And then it's like, well, I'm just being real. Well, be real with your friend. Gossip with your friend in a text mm -hmm. message. Screenshot it like everybody else right. do, any other normal person do. <laughs> and don't bring that energy to my page. Right. <laughs> you ever ran into any social media trouble, cancellations? Not, no. I mean, you can't be canceled, but have you ever had I Definitely. Media? I what? mean, i not even gonna talk about. It. I would never. I would never give it no light. I would never mm. give it no fuel. But it's been. It's been quite a few things. But that's just. That's what people do when you become a public figure. They tie your name to something mm. to get a story to leverage so they monetize. It's a business. Mm. It's a business. So you have to understand that once you become this person, I never thought about that. That is. It's a business because these same people, whether whether it's a blog or not, they sell promo on their page. Some people sell merch. Some people sell product. So whatever it is that they get to their page, they get the people to their page with the story. Then with the story, they sell the stuff. So you become by default a storyline for them to monetize. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't think like you ever had that, but because you're like, it seems like everybody love you. <laughs> nah. like but see, not only that, but see, people that do love you might not even see the people that don't. Mm. We see it though because we have to. We get tagged in it, and the people and, you see the comments, and they yeah. send the DMs, and they send because I be telling, I actually cut my DMs off a months really? ago. Like, stop sending me that. Don't send it to me. Don't send it to me because if it's nothing that. If it's nothing that's affecting me or anything, don't send. I don't want to know who don't like me. Mm, and you I turn, don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know their story. I don't want to know what they're saying. I don't want to know. I, I don't want to know none of that. 
I like that you don't get no energy to it. I ain't gonna say that because I'm human. Mm-hmm. But you know, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clap back. <laughs> and then and you know what? In them five minutes, I, I I did it. It felt good, and then I took it all down. I took it all down. I was like, you know what? I'm not because then that what happens is. If I put it on my platform and people on my platform didn't know, I'm now educating them to the BS. So mm. you have to sit there in silence. So, mm. okay. look, I, I want to say thank you for coming because uh, I don't want to take. I have a million more questions, but I want to, I don't want to hold you too long. Right, I feel like I was rambling a little bit. What? I, 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 I want to say I want for people to have actionable things that Let's they do can it. take from Let's this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So. My audience is a lot of entrepreneurs that are um, either in business Mm -hmm. or wanting to be in business. So, like, decode some of your success and how somebody else can apply it to their lives. Oh, um, I'll say this. In the last last 25 days, Mm -hmm. I learned about this app called PostScript. And PostScript PostScript is actually a text app that I've added to... um, so what I do with marketing, and they have like an automation set up, and it's it's generated probably like $106,000 by itself. And this is just them reaching out to it. It directly links to Shopify, which is where I have my e-commerce. But it might just message somebody that bought something or might have been looking in a cart. Hey, I saw you were looking in a cart. <laughs> do you need help checking out? I never even knew because Fashion Nova used to do me that all the time. Never even knew, you know, that that, that was a thing. So... I've been trying to post can you text that to me, please? Just, just so I don't remember. I'm telling you, if I pull it up my phone right now, it's just like Jesus, because I didn't even. It and hasn't it even been to your a page. month. Well, no, no, no. It's 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 a text app. It's Correct. like you tell people text whatever whatever word you want to use to this number mm-hmm. to sign up for my post notifications. And so it's like post notifications. It's like a phone number. Mm-hmm. It's like post notifications, but it's an automation. So once you go in there and decide, like, I only automated two flows. I automated the welcome flow and I think the abandoned cart flow. So, that so when means, I first enroll, it says, welcome. Hey, David, thanks for coming. Well, it said, and then it says you agree to the terms. There's a thing about you agreeing gotcha. to the okay. terms. And then from there, if you have something that's coming out, you know how social they don't, people can't see it. If you have something that's coming out, it's direct to the person's phone. It's not, right. it's direct to the person's phone. I right. mean, it's like I did a campaign today on, um, I think it was at three o'clock. And by 320, it had to made over 25, 30 grand because it's, it's immediate. It's like it's not like a social and people going later. It's immediate. Like see these twenty seven. This is all from from the the text thing that I did. Oh my gosh! Right. It's it's just from. But it's it's is the that during while we was talking? Yeah. Oh my god! I wish yeah, I could say see one this. minute, seven minute, nine minute. Yeah, all that's that. insane. But this is and see the reason why I know this is from the text is because oh shit, it went away. It was the amount I had a um a bundle going for a certain amount. So it say forty nine, forty nine, forty nine, forty nine. All of that's from the, and that was, see, it's still going. But see, mm-hmm. that's what I'm And then what's crazy is PostScript only have, I think I only got 11,000 subscribers right now. It just hit 10,000 like a few days ago. Wow. So, okay, so how does it know that, so if, if I'm on your list, how do I know, how does it know that I did an abandoned cart? It's, it's integrated with Shopify. So when you go on my website and you do not check out, 
there's some kind of cold put in there, and it lets it it tells the person like it, hey you, and it, it, it calls you by name because it knows your name, right? So it calls right. you by name. I saw you was looking at this particular right. item, right, right. So hey, watch this. I saw you like this, right? But then you can do you can do campaigns because the thing that mm. I was telling you we launched at around three was the campaign. It was hey, we have this bundle. It's going for this much. We want you to try it out, and we have one for you, and that it it just go. Wow. So Postscript has been an asset. And then Clavio is another thing that I got on recently. I used to do MailChimp. Clavio is email marketing. Email, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. They're more, they're, um, MailChimp doesn't necess- doesn't integrate with, Mail- I mean, MailChimp doesn't integrate with Shopify anymore, so Clavio has been doing real good for me too. And then they have their team that links with you and walks you through everything. So those are the two things that I learned in the last, I think, 35 days that have increased my revenue. Goodness gracious. Immediately. Okay. Postscript and Clavio. Mm-hmm. So walk me through Clavio. That's email though, right? Clavio's email is similar to Postscript and they integrate with each other. So if if Clavio has an abandoned car but Postscript got it first, Postscript is gonna send theirs. Clavio is not gonna send the second one. Got it, got it. Got so it. but if you have if you have a bandit cart in Clavio, you could cut it off in Postscript or Postscript or whatever, but they're not gonna they're not gonna Harass the person twice. Gotcha. Do you have a tech person or like you like you are a techie? I'm not techie at all. I'm not techie at all. I can't say, excuse me, I did have a tech person, but as far as, that's why I say with Postscript, we haven't done much mm-hmm. because I haven't had a chance to. And a person that I have on it is actually the person that was doing my graphics. So we mm-hmm. might do an hour a week. Mm-hmm. And if that really, that's why I say it's a it's an asset to me. That's a game changer, right? Oh my god, <laughs> it's an asset. I'm trying to think of what other actionable item can I tell people? I can honestly say, for me, creativity has gone a long way. Mm. And it's not oh, you have to be creative like me, but creative within your space because a lot of people don't realize that once you build a community of people that appreciate you and how you are, mm-hmm. you can sell them anything. Not saying you should, mm. but whether you go into real estate. Selling hair, mm. selling cars. These people, these people, you have a, a value trusted community. And once you've built that, they wanna they wanna mess with you through your whole journey. Yeah. And no matter what that walk is. And a lot of people just want to sell, 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 but you have to add value. Right, the, right. the average customer, you have to add value to some kind of way for them to value you back. It can't just be sell, sell, sell. Mm. That's why a lot of people you see give inspirational posts or give a morning motivational tip or something because mm. you have to add value back to the people for them to actually feel like, hey, I want to be a part of this and I'm going to stick with this. We're riding it out till the wheels fall mm. off because you're adding value. Right. How, so you're saying we need to be creative, but for somebody that isn't creative, is there a way to teach people how to do that? I don't know. I feel like everybody is creative in their own right. You could yeah. be a nerd creative. You could be conservative creative. Your creative could be that you like to have a certain clean aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has their own kind of creative. I don't feel like that that somebody don't have a creative. I really don't. So stop leaning on the excuse of I'm not creative. I can't come up with anything. I don't like that. I, I don't feel like like I don't believe in excuses. So that's I'm the wrong person to say something like that. Are you hard too. to work for? What'd you say? Because you demand a lot. So I I understand she's hard to work for. But she demands a lot. But she'll make you better. Uh uh-uh. uh. Are you tough? Nope. No? 
Nope, I am. I gotta ask somebody to work for you. I'm about to say, when I tell you, I'm not tough. I, I like to give people that I like to give people room within their expertise. Since mm. I don't know everything, I do. I know what I do know. And if I hired you, I hired you for something I don't know. So I can't tell you that you did something wrong until we've executed and it failed. Mm. And we can execute something and it failed. And I'm not get mad at you, but if it's repeated four, five different things, now we have to have a conversation at this point in time. <laughs> right. But if I when I hire, I'm hiring for specific things that I do not know. Don't have an expertise in, mm. and I give people a lot of wiggle room to be within that because I don't know this. Yeah. I don't know this area, so do whatever it is. Tell me what you need to mm. execute this, make this look good, whatever, whatever, and let's go. Do you do the hiring? No, not at all. So you have a person that does the hiring. Mm-hmm. How, how, long, how big is your staff? Um, if I had to count, it would probably be under twenty, a little bit under twenty. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Giving 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 our people jobs. Mm-hmm. That's right. But then, you know what? If, if we have to count, if we have to count independent contractors, that changes. Oh, like right, right, we got to right. count true, graphic true, designers, true. and true, true. it changes. But I would say right at twenty. You got any other actionable steps for us? Um, I feel like I should pay you for this. Like I feel like, <laughs> I, feel like I, I learned so much no, about business. Um, actionable steps. Oh, that's a, I can tell you this though. They um, networking is big. Mm. Like we did, um, I did Clubhouse quite a few times, and every time you was in the room, right? You understand? We did a room, and the room crashed. We had over five thousand people in a room. Five thousand. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was the topic? I don't remember. I think think that one was millionaire mindset Mm -hmm. and it was having different people um, because I have friends also that are millionaires. Mm -hmm. So it was having different people speak about their experience, answering questions. But I find that networking, I found out about Clavio and Postscripts from Clubhouse and then I networked with somebody from Clubhouse who walked me into this thing that I've been I've been trying to formulate vitamins for mm. years. Really? Years. And it's failed so many times. It's always the stability is wrong. And I'm I'm very I'm very picky about how I want it to look. I want it to have this pretty color. I want it to be this that and the other. And I've wasted a lot of money with people and the stability is this and this that and the other. And I've 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 networked with this lady. We sat down at dinner. She said, Oh here, these are people that do mine. <laughs> and now I got some coming out. But all that to say had I not networked, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even knew. And then the lady also is setting up my Clavio flows. But mm. this is all from networking. Networking is networking. so big, especially right now. Yeah. Especially right now. How do you how do you network on uh, Clubhouse? Simple. You just bu- you pop in a room that you feel is interesting and raise your hand to have a question and ask a good question. And if you have something to say, say something important that people want to reach out to you for, mm-hmm. or if somebody's on stage and you feel like they're interesting, reach out to them afterwards, keep in touch with them, go in the comments and Hey, I was on your clubhouse. I really said the other, it's really simple. People mm-hmm. be scared to talk to people and we really be wanting to talk back. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to network with you, what are some actionable steps they can take if they want to network? Cause it can't be the, Yo, let's connect. <laughs> I hate those. It's, it's about me adding value and them, them adding value to me. Yeah. I want to talk to anybody that can add value to me and I can add value back. Because mm. it makes me feel good to add value to you, but then it becomes draining if it's just one-sided. So the person that I did that, that told me that set up the uh, Clavio and told me about the place that she used and so forth and so on, I also added value to her about marketing. Mm-hmm. So it winds up being a, 
let me scratch your back. You know, I scratch my back. You know, I mean, you scratch my back. And that's how I, I, I like to learn from people in all different walks of life. Because if you only learn from up here, this is all you're going to know. So yeah. I like to learn from people here. I like to learn all walks of life. I don't yeah. care if you're catching a bus. I don't care if you're a billionaire. I don't care. You have some piece of information that I can use to better myself. So I love to learn from people. But I, I like for people, I like to be around a certain kind of person. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I like to be around people that get it. People that don't have, like, you have a lot of people right now that just make excuses and, oh, it should have went that way, and I wish she would have did this for me. And I don't like to be around them kind of people. I like to be around the people that have a similar mindset as me, and anything is possible. I'm going to do whatever it is I have to do to get it done, and how is it that I can help you to make sure you get this done? Hey, you didn't meet your sales quota. What can we do to get this done? Mm-hmm. I have this person in my network that I can give you the Rolodex of if you want to reach out to them to do promo. Hey, I have this, you know, like that's that's what makes me feel good. But then on the other side of it, you adding value to my life too. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. You know, here it is. I have this if you want this. What do you need help with? How can I add value to you? <laughs> really? Oh, my God. What do you need? I don't think I need anything right now if you think about it let me know yeah I don't think you know what I think I want to sell my how about what can you help me with I want to sell my strip mall in New Orleans I'm really trying to figure out how to you do you want that. to sell your strip mall yes you own a strip mall mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. is it is it occupied mm-hmm. yeah where do you see the 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 real estate market, or re- the I want to ask I you about. I want to get out of real estate. I actually, I, I have hair products, but I have, I had, I sold my apartment complex recently. I, I really don't like it. Like it's not something I ever wanted to get into. I got into it for tax purposes, mm-hmm. and I just hate the headache of the upkeep because gotcha. I don't. It's it just takes. I have a property manager, but then I have to have the meeting with the property manager to make all these decisions, and I just I don't want to do it no more. Gotcha. All right, do me a favor, y'all. If you want to buy a strip mall. In New Orleans, okay. Please hit her up. Or seventy thousand square feet, and I bought it for ten million, but I sell it to you for nine. Oh, discount! A million dollar discount. Mm-hmm. That might be the name of the podcast. <laughs> Watch this; you'll save a million dollars. Thank you so much for coming. You got any other? Oh, if you got some bars for us, no, I'm taking let me all bars. Take my poofy back. Okay, <laughs> okay. No. I do like to. Um, I got one more question. I like to make predictions on this podcast, and uh, I want to know. Where you see yourself, or what you see yourself accomplishing in the next five to ten years, so that I can watch it this five, watch this five years later and say, "Yo, she said she was five going to, to five ten years." years ago. Uh, five to ten years, I will have built Kaleidoscope to be three times what it is now. Um, be in a position to be able to uh, to sell it if I want to, but making a choice if I do or if I don't. Um, All my kids will be in a great place in life because I have I have that right now. Um, and I would love ten years. You say five to ten. Five to ten. Ten. I would love in ten years. I would love to just travel. Just travel. Mm-hmm. You just think to, you just, would do that? I don't I, believe you would do I that. Could, honestly, though, because I could work traveling. You could so, work traveling. Yeah, I would love to just travel. Just like be out of. Just decide to be away from where I live. Where we live for like a year, just mm-hmm. traveling. Mm, I don't like even that. have to pack a bag, just travel. And your name's not Judy, it's Jessica. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get the name? So it was the real BB Judy. Mm-hmm. You know, it went from the look, because I have a big butt. Mm-hmm. But then when, when I started marketing myself and it went very fast, it, I had marketed the name. I'm not 
not the real BB Judy, but everybody started following the name and everybody knew me as Judy, so it stuck with me. <laughs> but if I had to do it all over again, it would probably be something hair related. But right. it's not. It's not a regret. It's not a regret, but I would have changed it. Well, I, mean, I, I think that's a part of your marketing. That's a dope thing to market, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, again, I really, really appreciate you coming by. Uh, you don't, and I do, I see you on Clubhouse and you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to just pour and pour and pour into people, but you do. And I, I know I learned so much uh, today. So um, I just want to say thank you. If you could close this out with a word of wisdom, there is somebody that's watching this. They look up to you um, or they're in a bad place. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Um, stop listening to other people. Go after your dreams. I don't care if it's a person that you're laying next to. Stop listening to other people and go after what you want, no matter what that looks like. Well, we can't close it out no better than that. Do me a favor, y'all. Go get you some social proof, meaning I want you to go build something and mm-hmm. document how you built it, then go back to your community and teach somebody how you did it. All right, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>